your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Friday, October 22nd edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at monoman12. You can follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. You can also follow the national show Lockdown NHL anywhere you listen to podcasts and their Twitter page Lockdown NHL Pods and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. So it's the fourth straight game for the Florida Panthers, and it's the fourth straight game against a contender, at least a preseason contender on paper, heading into the season and another dub, a 4-0-0 start for the season, the very first time in franchise history. And as promised, every time there's a big game for the Florida Panthers against a big opponent, I'm hoping to every time bring a guest on the show to discuss a hopefully win. And for today's game and today's four to one victory over Colorado, I got a multiple time guest on the show from my friend from pantherparkway.com, Nick Fairbanks. Nick, how are you doing, buddy? Doing very, very well. Uh, I know it's been a little while since uh, I've been on, but uh, happy to be back and uh, thank you for having me again. Absolutely. Even though, uh, even though you haven't been on the necessarily on the pod for a little bit we've chatted in person we went to uh the first game of the season together so glad to have glad to have you back on and you're welcome uh you're welcome any any time on the show but man what a win the the Florida Panthers for like I said at the top of the show 4-0 and 0 to to start off first time in franchise history what are we are recording this literally like 25 minutes after the final uh buzzer what is Nick Fairbanks uh instant reactions to this start for the season, not just the win, but the start of the season. Um, I couldn't have asked uh, for anything better. Uh, the fact that the team has actually basically handled uh, every single uh, team that has come at them um, and they've taken care of business. Um, the number one thing that sticks out in my mind is the way that the team is playing in units. Um, I think we saw that tonight against Colorado where they were playing five man units forwards were dropping down to help out uh, defense and then, you know, on top of that, the goaltending, um, you couldn't ask for much more out of Bobrovsky or even Spencer Knight the other night. So I think, uh, you know, there's a, you know, really good things that we haven't seen uh, in previous seasons or that they wouldn't be consistent. And I think we're starting to see the consistency and seeing this team uh, mature. Absolutely. And when you're together for quite a few years together, sometimes it takes a few years. It's not all going to be solved in year one and something I talked about much is that last year's uh, team was the foundation year and this team this time it's the it's that chance to make some noise and hopefully advance far not just in the regular season not just to go for the division but in the playoffs and 
the numbers aren't updated on NHL.com's uh, numbers for Bobrovsky. He came into this game at a 935 save percentage, 30 for 31. Uh, the save percentage for that game is 968. Gives up one goal after giving up four against Pittsburgh, at one against New York. Didn't play in the third one. Spencer Knight had that start and then one tonight. The now And now, I mean, we're only three years into the seven-year seven contract. And, of course, anything can change from, from this point, point on, of course. But as of right now, now it's really starting to look like that $10 million man that Dale Talon originally signed in the summer of 2019. Uh, 100% on that. And, you know, I, I think it took some time for Bob to really kind of figure out what he needed to do in order to, uh, you know, be uh, the number one guy here. Um, I know that Chris Drager kind of pushed him, but it didn't seem like he could put, you know, two, let alone three games together. And I can honestly say this is probably the first time that he's actually put those three games together. Um, the first game, I don't blame him for two of the goals because obviously one went off a of Uyghur and the other one went off of Eklat on an unfortunate deflection. So if you want to think about it, he's only given up four goals in three of the games, which is fantastic. Um, and after reading an interview with him, um, I believe he deleted all his social media. So uh, I don't I don't want our fans to delete social media because we definitely need more of a presence out there. But I think for athletes, you're starting to see that, you know, it may be a factor, um, whether it's a mentality thing or, you know, it's just something that maybe they waste a lot of time with, like uh, Patrick Line and playing. Um, what was that game that he was playing uh, in Winnipeg like his first season? I think it was like PUBG or something like that. Um, that really took away from, you know, him being more of a consistent player. So if this is the Bob that we're going to get, then, hey, um, you know, maybe maybe we'll make it past the first round this year. Absolutely. And uh, that article that you're talking about, I believe, was an article by George Richards of uh, Florida Hockey Now, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking at the top of my head of all the goals that Sergei Bobrovsky has given up in this young season through three games, um, the only two, only four of them were even strength. So th think, think about it like that. O just averaging over one goal given up, even strength in the first uh, three games, his first three games. And the other two were on the power play, the two in game one of the season. But my goodness, this 30 of 31 in, in this game. But uh, one other thing, one other thing I wanted to add about Bob is that if you notice um, his style right now, uh, yeah, he's still going down a little bit early, which unfortunately I think that's just the way he's going to be. But if you notice his rebound control is much better this season, absolutely. it's not, it's not like it was in the previous seasons where, you know, he probably wasn't playing the shot the right way and it would just go off him and then there'd be a, uh, uh, the, you know, the team there to actually put it in the back of the net. So he's actually sucking the pucks in and everything and being able to control uh, everything. So he's really helping the team out in that respect. Absolutely. And even, even the, even the rebounds that are, that, that he does give up, it's not going a long distance neither. It's good. It's getting somewhere near the net where a defenseman can just swipe it away too. So there, so it's uh, giving, it's not giving the opposition a chance for higher percentage shots on rebounds. So that's the other thing about that. So, but Bob has, Bob has like, Bob, when he did have social media, he would always post about 
his workouts. He's a workout warrior. So currently uh, we see that with Jonathan Huberdo currently, but we know even when he turns off the social media that Bob is always going to be in the gym. We know that we, we don't need to see it, but we know <laughs> that he's doing the work behind the scenes. And that's the beautiful part about it. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Mason Marchment. Early on in this game, he was really challenging <laughs> on breakaways and they were broken up by Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr is a Norris Trophy runner up. He won the Calder just two years ago. He's a Hobie Baker award winner too. So this guy is just a special type of player and Mason Marchment was challenging him early. And then eventually he get he wins the race to avoid icing and eventually mm-hmm. gets that, uh, wins the board battle to set up Sam Reinhardt. Mason Marchment, wow, what a what a find in Dale Town's very last trade deadline. One hundred percent, and we got him for uh, Dennis the Menace Morgan. Um, you know, really love that guy. But uh, if anything, I think we definitely won the trade on that one. But um, Marchment has been the difference in two of these games so far. So he was the main reason why Lundell got his first of his career. And we'll talk about him a little bit later. But uh, just him being able to make a play in the neutral zone to get the puck to Lundell. Um, against Tampa was huge. And then again, making another dirty play uh, to, you know, uh, get rid of the icing call and then also win a puck battle and get it right over to Reinhardt for his first as a Panther, which is huge. It'll be huge for his um, confidence going forward, but uh, he's doing all the right things. He's sticking up for teammates. Um, I mean, you know, there was a hit uh, later in the game that was questionable, but he was right there to take care of it. And he's just playing the, the right way and the way that you need to as a guy with a big frame. Um, I think somebody on Panther Parkway had mentioned, you know, what if Bukestad had played like this, you know, with his frame and everything like that. And honestly, I maybe Bukestad would still be here if mm-hmm. that was the case, if he played the same type of way. Now, I'm not saying Mason Marchman is going to put in 20 goals like Bukestad did, but it's just he's creating things um, with his body and also his frame that I don't think Bukestad honestly did a lot. So um, huge pickup. And what I like about Marchment is his play in the boards, especially in the neutral zone, which creates transition opportunities at the other end, which is a beautiful thing. Big body. Frank Rikas talks, uh, talked a lot about how Mason Marchment br- reminded him of Brandon Saad as well. Mm-hmm. So a, a player that really uh, re- reminds him of that. So Mason Marchment got uh, two points in, in this one uh, tonight. So there was a, uh, we, we talked about it and we both, we both, uh, at least from looking back at our chat earlier today, we both came to an agreement. The broadcast came to an agreement that the penalty that was on Miko Rantanen on the goalie interference from Sergey Borowski was not a goalie interference, but you take what you can get with, uh, the mm-hmm. penalties and it ended up, uh, being a Sam Bennett power play goal. And Miko Rantanen was livid. And I understand <laughs> I, he has a, he has a case and you, you, but for the Florida Panthers side, you you take what you can get. And Sam Bennett, uh, how, how many more twos do we need to send to uh, Calgary, uh, Nick? I, I think I tweeted out that we need to send them another second. So I, I don't know, are we up to three or four now that we need to send them? <laughs> um, no, it's just, it's amazing because as soon as he made that move along the board to create some space to get away from the defender, and then you saw him go right into the slot, you knew exactly what was going to happen. And he has one of the best shots on the team when he gets a chance to release it. So um, very happy uh, to see that he's turned it around. I know the first game he didn't have the best game. Uh, seemed like he either had butterflies or was just chasing the puck a little bit. 
but um, you know, he's put it together. He has now four goals this season and uh, yeah, let's um, you know what, if I have to tell everybody on Twitter that we have to send another second to Calgary every single game this season, I'm okay with that. I'll be the sacrificial lamb on that end. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you are missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You want to know what my favorite flavor is of these selections? It's the cookies and cream. What? Cookies and cream, anything, ice cream, goat bars, any anything cookies and cream related. Why not? It's a very obvious choice. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Four to five grams of sugar and only four to five net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. There's also the grasshopper cookie flavor which is like the classic Thin Mint cookie. All the flavor without all the sugar with 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only five grams of sugar. Order today and you'll get the grasshopper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the US track and field team. Isn't that great? So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 over at built.com. That goal also was created by a screen by Patrick Hornquist. Value. He he might be on the old he might be he might be older and one of the oldest players on the team at I th- I believe he's 33 if I'm not mistaken, but but with with how Patrick Hornquist was started off really low in the in the lineup in the bottom six, started off on power play too. We knew he was going to be on the power play. We just mm-hmm. didn't know which unit gets promoted back to power play one, and then helps uh, Sam Bennett get that screen. That there's just so much value. There's just so much value that comes to that that does that just doesn't show up in the stat sheet that Patrick Hornquist brings to the table and and. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next next off season with the money tied up with Patrick Hornquist. But man, this guy brings up so much value. And still, that Matheson trade, man, the the Mike, Mike Matheson and Colton Sevier trade for Patrick Hornquist, man, it's still paying dividends for the Cats. Definitely is. And um, if you notice, um, you know, the power play hasn't been clicking at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing about it is, is that, you know, the first unit seems like they're pass happy. They're not really getting a lot of shots through or even, you know, to the net. Um, as soon as they put Hornquist in front of the net, um, you saw the havoc happen. Like they started throwing pucks towards the net. They were getting good chances and everything. And that's kind of what they need to do. They need to make it simple. Um, I know tonight Uberto got a, uh, got the puck and he tried to pass it across to Barkoff when there was really no play there. Um, I think Colorado knew it was coming and sometimes you just got to let the puck go and let your guys down, down low, uh, get dirty and uh, get a goal. I mean, that's what created our first three win uh, win streak last season. That's how we started at three and oh, I mean, Hornquist scored some big goals early on and 
you know, maybe don't mess with that type of recipe. So um, looking forward to seeing how he's going to, uh, you know, contribute going on, but uh, keep him on the first power play in front of the net. No, no doubt. And um, Patrick Hornquist in front of that is in his office, as they say. And mm-hmm. you, you mentioned, um, you mentioned Jonathan Huberto and you mentioned the, how the power play was trying to get a little cute second straight game now with a power play goal. Originally they didn't score Montour's goal as a power play goal until the next day. So I didn't see that until the next day, but Hey, you take it second straight game now with a power play goal and the second straight game where the Pan- Florida Panthers don't allow a power play goal. They went three for three on the kill. So amazing for, for the Florida Panthers. Let's talk about Huberto in years past. When he didn't score, lots of criticism would come his way. Same thing with Alexander mm-hmm. Barkov. Through four games, he doesn't have a goal still. And n- no noise going towards going towards his way. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be upset about it. The the, the team is winning. The I mean Huberto's strength is being a distributor. That's just how his game is. But think about think about what the Florida Panthers were then with when Jonathan Huberdeau couldn't carry the team all by himself or Barkov to now, now that they have the complimentary pieces around them, when Huberdeau doesn't score, the it's little to no attention uh, towards him. And that's a good thing. That, that I'm, I have no issues with that. No, and he seems to always start off slow, which I think is where the criticism is, because I think in years past, the Panthers have always had the mantra of we need to have a quick start. We need to get out of the gate and get out of October with a winning record. And it just never seemed to accumulate. Um, But now you see where the Panthers depth is. It doesn't seem like scoring is going to be an issue because they're putting in four to five goals a night now. And you know, you have your Duclairs, you have your Verhages. Um, Reinhardt is now scoring. You have Bennett who's scoring. Um, you have all these complimentary pieces now to take the pressure off of the Barkovs. And what's awesome about this is that actually Goldie asked Uberto about this, I think either today before the game or yesterday at practice, you know, how is it from previous seasons that you feel, you know, about the pressure of being able to score or not score early in the season? He's like, oh, well, I don't feel it this season. You know, it's, you know, it's, you know, night and day. So I I think it's a testament not only to what Bill Zito has been able to do as far as bringing in those pieces, uh, but also to have Coach Quinville, um, you know, putting those pieces in the right spots to uh, be successful. And we know, we know Uberto will score. It'll, it'll come and uh, it'll come in some big spots. So hopefully it'll be, you know, against Tampa and uh, Boston and Toronto. Absolutely. And they, they will see Boston uh, very soon, uh, twice in four days coming up next week. So those are the important games for sure that that will will definitely create that separation in the division. Uh, let's shift to Sam Reinhart. He got his first uh, point as a Florida Panther in the last game against Tampa Bay. He got two points, actually, in that one. Now mm-hmm. he gets his first goal. Sam Reinhart, he starts off on the first line. Duclair starts off hot, gets a pro, get gets promoted to the first time, first line. I talked about this with my recent uh, guest host, uh, Alex Baumgartner, about how it's not a demotion for Sam Reinhardt. It just creates more um, flexibility on that top line and how he's been able to mentor Anton Lindell on that third line. It's just been great. And him and Mason Marchment, of course, creating, like we talked about earlier, on that goal at the end boards avoiding the icing man 
right place, right time, and elevated his game last year when Jack Eichel got hurt. And mm-hmm. Sam Reinhart is two two games in a row with uh with at least a point. So, what are your thoughts on Sam Reinhart? So I think the first game he was still trying to figure out where he fit into that because I believe mm-hmm. Barkoff and Verhage have such good chemistry that when you bring another guy in that you haven't played with before, it's going to take some time to adjust. Um, not that he looked bad or anything. It's just you could tell like he was definitely the third wheel on there trying to figure out, you know, how the other two were spinning. Um, but then you pull up Declare, who's been on that line before, who provides something a little bit different with speed and, you know, a little bit of a hand skill, um, you know, it's very easy for the coaching uh, decision to put declare back on the first line. So um, part of coaching is allowing players to succeed. If they're hot, put them in the right positions to continue that. But also if you have players that are not, um, you know, producing uh, the way that they should you need to kind of take a step back and put them in a place to be successful. And with the way that uh, Mr. Lundell has conducted himself over these first four games, how could you not possibly score with that man on your line right now? So, um, Definitely think that Reinhardt will see himself back on the first line eventually. Um, but just right now, he's got some good chemistry going on on the third line. And 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 definitely great mentorship. And you see the mixing and matching uh, throughout the season. And I'm, um, one thing that we that I love most about Anton Lindell is just his ability to uh, kill penalties. And the two players that really stuck out to me the most on the PK tonight, where not only Anton Lindell, but Mackenzie Weger, how they've been able to just clear pucks so easily. Mackenzie Weger didn't get a point, but I think it's really worth noting how how well he played tonight and his ability to clear the zone. Mm-hmm. And the slot was clear most of the night. And not Bobrovsky, not high, not really high percentage shots. Uh, I, I feel I feel like. Uh, I feel like even though they got 31 shots off the Colorado Avalanche, I felt like the defense really made it very simple for him tonight. They definitely did. And uh, McKenzie did an amazing job on uh, McKinnon. Um, I think McKinnon maybe only had one or two like actual chances tonight. I know one went off of uh, one of the posts, but after that, it was basically nil for him. Uh, the player that I was worried about was Ronton and didn't seem like he was always in the right place at the right time. Um, but Uyghur definitely played a big part. Um, I'm glad to see that he's kind of fixed his clearings. Um, I know the last couple of years when he got the puck and had to clear it, uh, there's a very good chance uh, that he was going to get a delay of game. But um, it seems like they've worked on him with that. So very good to see. And um, Lundell, um, you know, what do you need from a centerman when faceoffs? He's won 63% of his faceoffs. And on top of that, he's killing big penalties, uh, not only clearing it, but I think in the Tampa game, uh, he actually blocked a couple shots. So um, right now uh, he's doing it all. He's doing it all. And um, I tweeted out, I think, after the Tampa game, you know, tell me another rookie that's doing more for a team right now than Anton Lundell. And I, I still have yet to get a response, maybe because I don't have a lot of followers, but <laughs> but um, I, I have yet to see another player do as much as he has. Absolutely. And of course, this season is still young, but yeah, for sure. Do you know how many do you, um, do you know how many shots on goal Nathan McKinnon had um, had tonight? I want to say maybe two or three. Zero. He had zero. According, according okay. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the box. I'm looking at the stats right now. He did not have a single shot on goal. And mm. this is the um, I 
I might give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because this is only his second game of the season and he was on the COVID list to start off the season. His first game of the season was just two nights ago against the Washington Capitals where uh, I, I believe um, the Washington beat them six to three. Washington's hot right now. Um, Alexander yep. Ovechkin is still on pace to break Wayne Gretzky's record in like three or four years if, if, if he holds. But yeah, the Colorado Avalanche on the other end, not to make excuses for them because they're all still hockey players. They haven't been at full strength all, all year. McKinnon has been on the COVID list. Uh, Landeskog has uh, been was suspended for a hit on Kirby Doc. And now let's shift to Gabriel Landeskog. There is a mm-hmm. hit towards the benches, uh, in, be, in between the benches, actually, uh, where Landeskog got a little high on Aaron Ekblad and Mason Marchman already having a great game um, comes to defend his teammates. There's a scuffle. And originally he was sent to the box and then sent out. And there's a, there's the Colorado avalanche. Uh, we're not too happy uh, about it. Jared, uh, Jared Bednar was livid on, on the, on the bench about that. But what, what do you, I, I think that has to be some type of fine. I may, maybe suspension worthy, but man, that, that, you're going after a guy's head in that and that you could injure a guy and Aaron Eckblad was already injured last year with the fractured leg. And man, what, what a loss that would have been if uh, Landis God, uh was able to concuss Aaron Eckblad towards the end of that game. It was a frustration penalty. That was not only, that was the second frustration penalty. Eric Johnson had one earlier on Patrick Hornquist boarding him, but mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about the frustration penalties from the avalanche. So uh, the number one thing that you, you said was that Ekblad, you know, have it suffering the injury last year. But the one thing that popped into my mind is when we were playing Edmonton a few years ago, when we were on that like ridiculous 12 game winning streak and uh, he got hit up high and had a concussion was out for a long time. Um, I kind of had a flashback to that when I saw his head hit the glass. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully he was okay. Um, and that he was able to continue and everything. So uh, that might be something to monitor in case, you know, he's, you know, missing at practice and has headaches and everything, then we'll have to start to worry. But um, I'll be honest, um, I was okay with the hit originally because the way that I saw it is that it was shoulder to shoulder and then uh, Landis Gog's uh, hands and arms and stick, unfortunately, went high on Ekblad and ended up hitting him in the head. I don't think that was the main point of contact that he was going for. But unfortunately, sometimes when you go to hit a guy, uh, you're in a bad position position he's in a bad position and it just doesn't look good so um I was fine if the hit was originally just shoulder to shoulder but then his arms raised up and everything like that and that's where I think he got the extra boarding penalty um and to Bednar's credit um it was really weird to see that (laughs) uh Marchment was paroled as Randy said out of the penalty box um usually in that case both guys would go for two minutes, one for roughing and the other for boarding. And it would be four and four or five on five. But again, the Panthers got a, a, a lucky call, uh, much like the rotten and uh, goalie interference call. So it uh, seems like everything was going the Panthers way uh, tonight. And, you know, we'll just hope that Ekblad will be uh, definitely okay um, tomorrow morning. And you said it best where the hit was originally. And as a referee, I have to look for that whenever I officiate my games and where, where, where does it start? If it's shoulder and then goes up, then it's not as crucial of a, of a penalty. It's not, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be a major. And there was a long meeting at center ice. Uh, and, and of course they, uh, they um, decided to have a, 
put it as a minor penalty. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football to basketball, to boxing to hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. The, the period that really stuck out to me, really, that changed really this the complexion of of this game was really the the second period where the Florida Panthers really dominated uh the neutral zone they were able mm-hmm. to to check back check pickpocket uh the players of Colorado and they it, it showed in the shots on goal just in that period alone 12 to 2 12 excuse me 22 to 12 in that one and that's really what uh, changed the momentum of it. What what was uh, what was your biggest uh, takeaway of this game? Florida's for real. Um, I I think going into the season, looking at the schedule, um, you know, we played Pittsburgh, who I think is overachieving right now, uh, especially mm-hmm. without Malkin and Crosby. Um, hats That's off true. to them. But um, I think they're overachieving right now. And then you play, um, you know. Tampa Bay and you play the Islanders and you play a team like Colorado, like all these teams in the preseason are either cup contenders or they're supposed to be moving along in the playoffs, you know, to even the finals uh, conference finals. So the fact that they're handling them the way that they are right now, and, you know, Bob is looking great. The defense is looking good. They're looking sharp. They're looking a lot better than years previous. And on top of that, you know, our main scorers are not scoring and we're still winning is a huge huge positive. Um, you know, we talked about this at the game, you know, I'm, I'm really trying not to be overly optimistic because that that's when bad things happen and <laughs> you get hurt. Um, I'm still cautiously optimistic. Obviously it's four games in and we're 78 games left, but um, this team looks like it's ready to compete. Like they're ready to take the next step and being able to handle a team like Colorado, um, you know, the way that they did at no point in this game was I worried. Um, you know, obviously after the one-one tie, but after we made it two-one and basically shut them down and really played in those five-man units to shut down McKinnon and Rantanen, the game was over. Um, so whatever Coach Q and the coaching staff has done to get this team prepared, because they look ready every single game, and you couldn't say that in previous years, they look like they have something to prove and that they're doing it the smart way. So um, they're doing everything right now, and I, I can't wait to see what uh, what it leads to. It all started with that first round series last year. What was a first round series felt like a conference final uh, type mm-hmm. of series. And I'll pound the table that they gave uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, the biggest challenge. So this weekend, um, the floor, I, I don't know how much uh, ahead you've looked at the schedule, but do you know? Oh, how, I know who we're playing. Do you know? Okay. <laughs> so the Florida Panthers on Saturday uh, play the Philadelphia Flyers, and we see our old friend. Uh, Keith Yando, who sunk, 
Dog. <laughs> so, oh, by the way, I don't know if you watched uh, any hockey last night on TNT, but Keith Yandel was actually mic'd up and mm-hmm. it was posted on uh, on Twitter. And in my head, just watching it, I, I was thinking the whole typical, he's funny. Just out of, I, but I said it out loud sarcastically because mm-hmm. for, for many uh, years, many Florida Panther fans were just frustrated on the play, but then was saying, but he's funny. <laughs> I know Frank was sounding that last year. For sure. And, you know, you definitely need those type of guys in the locker room, guys who like try to keep everything level and keep everything light. But at the same time, like if you're one of the main sources of issues on the ice, especially on the back end, then maybe you got to like maybe <laughs> do something different or maybe not play for this team anymore. So, um, I know I've been harsh on him and everything. I'm, I'm very happy to see that his Ironman streak is still going. I mean, yeah. I think he only went to Philadelphia because they were going to allow that. Any other team in the NHL probably would not allow that. Um, I don't even think Boston would have allowed it. So, because um, I know that was another team that he was thinking about signing with. But, um, no, I'm looking forward to it. I My dream right now, Armando, is that Anton Lundell deeks the crap out of him. <laughs> And puts it top shelf over Carter Hart. Okay. Like just absolutely just embarrasses him. And I'm and I'm sorry to say that, but ooh, that would be okay, beautiful. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, through three games, uh uh Keith Yandel does have five assists. I was listening to uh an interview of Big Cat Banter with our friend Joey Ganzi and mm-hmm. uh Kobe Guy of uh, Florida Hockey Now. Congratulations to Kobe Guy, by the way, for getting mm-hmm. an awesome gig uh, with, uh, along with uh, George Richards and the the guy that he they brought in, uh, who is on the hockey writers for the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, talking about how Keith Yandel is mostly playing some power play minutes and mostly on the third line, just like how you would expect in Florida. But now there's less pressure on him to to perform because of the money he's making. So. It's not going to be amplified as much as a guy who was making 6.5 here. So that- no, but he, he definitely did not. He definitely looked the part that he did in Florida. I think the first game of the season, I forget who uh, basically went around him and ended up scoring like a, a nasty wraparound goal. Um, but yeah, so his play is still going to be there, um, but he can get all the assists he wants. But as long as the pucks are ending up in the back of his own net, then I don't care. Mm-hmm. He, he can have 30 assists on the power play, but if your team's not winning and he's the main cause for the goals ending up in your net, then yeah, that's no, I'm sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's for sure. And you talk about Carter Hart who had a disastrous season last year after such a promising start, the Florida Panthers mm-hmm. have been uh, facing off against uh, backup goalies mostly to start off the season happened with Pittsburgh. Tristan Jari didn't uh, suit up. Um, uh, Varlamov, the in the he was hurt, so he wasn't starting. But honestly, New York has a one A one B type of situation. They probably Correct. have the best goalie situation in the whole league. So I don't really count that. Vasilevsky no. started, and then uh, this one, Jonas Johansson, who his numbers from Buffalo. He was in the high threes last year and went to the low twos uh, uh, la- last season after that trade from Colorado to. Uh, excuse me, Buffalo to Colorado. So it's crazy what, uh, what happens when you have a great team around you. But uh, we were talking a little bit is, is like, oh, all these, uh, all these uh, teams are 
put, uh, putting their backup goalies against the Florida Panthers, but I really don't think that's the that's the case uh, situationally. Um, what what do you think? No, and it, it, the point was brought up, and I think it was David uh, who brought it up that um, that you know it, Florida's a gauntlet now. Uh, you have Tampa, you got to go through who are the two time reigning Stanley Cup champions, and then, then you have to come to Florida, who now is looking the part that they should be uh, for the last couple of years. And you got to really choose when you're, you know, coming down here is are we going to play our top goaltender both nights and tire them out? Or are we going to play our top guy against Tampa Bay and then back up against Florida? So completely understandable, but at the same time, uh, if that's the case, then Florida's got to take advantage like they have already earlier this season, but um, don't expect it to happen too often. I think once we start getting more late in, in the season that you're going to start seeing that, we're going to start seeing more starting goaltenders, um, you know, against us. And uh, then the test will be on. But um, when we play Philly, uh, I'm not trying to hex us or anything, but um, can't wait to see Carter Hart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I, I, but I also think in this situation where um, if the Tampa Bay Lightning were on the trip first for the Colorado Avalanche, who the Avs played them on Saturday, I think they would have might have still kept that goalie rotation of Johansson first and then Darcy Kemper in the second yeah. go around. So I think just like how Coach Q is doing his rotation with Bobrovsky, we're likely going to see Bobrovsky on Saturday. Saturday, yep. So I, which I'm okay with. And then Spencer Knight against Arizona on Monday. Have, have Spencer Knight get a little bit of his feet wet as well against a team that's clearly not good in Arizona. So let, let him get his confidence a little bit as well from the Florida Panthers side. 100%. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people were calling for Bob to be in against the lightning because look, he started two and and he's played fantastic the first two games. So why would we not ride the hot goalie? Well, we're not there yet. We're not at the point in the season where we need to start making decisions based on, well, we need a win tonight. We need the best goaltender in. No, we, they have a plan in place. Uh, before the season, they said that Bob was going to get the first two games, um, you know, if anything happened. And then you're going to have car, uh, you're going to have a uh, night, um, you know, against Tampa on the third game. So um, the fact is, if they have a schedule and everything, it makes everything simpler, easier on them. And I think the players know what to expect. And again, it's another preparation thing. Everybody knows what to do and uh, has that same mindset going into the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one, I'm going to put the title of the show hashtag dad bob dad bob is uh, <laughs> looking uh pretty pretty well uh once once i get the updated numbers when the site refreshes uh for mm-hmm. sure uh then then for sure uh we'll we'll know more about how that gaa and the safe percentage really looks but looks really good my dude very happy 10 million dollar saves all day mm-hmm. before this uh one one more thought and I mentioned this to you and you were the one who answered uh, this question, but I want you to say, I, I want you to say it um, on the podcast earlier today, maybe around like noon ish. I was just looking up at random NHL stats um, and the Florida Panthers, as far as shots on goal per game ranked 12th in the NHL, mm-hmm. it's still a young season, small sample size numbers are skewed uh, mm-hmm. through the first few, a few games of the season. And then they balance out. So through three games, they're 12th in shots. Correct. But goals four, they were number four. What does that tell you? 
Well, I, I definitely answered uh, in an analytics term, uh, which is PDO, which usually just means to me that they're getting very lucky with the goal scoring that they are getting. But when you look at the actual goals that they are scoring, um, they're really good shots or they're down and dirty. So mm-hmm. um, they're being efficient. They're getting to where they need to to score goals. But, um, you know, as you said, it's a small sample size. So I think once we get more shots on goal, I think you'll start to see um, – possibly the goals go down. Um, and I know that's kind of backwards, but, um, you know, I don't think we're going to be able to score four goals a night. It's, Absolutely. I don't think that's sustainable. It's not sustainable. So, um, good thing, good thing, good way to start it. I think it's the main reason why we're four and all right now, but at the same time, like keep it coming, keep putting shots on net and, uh, keep putting the pucks in the back of the net. The, the quality of shots are there. That's for sure. That's what, mm-hmm. that, that's what really that tells me. And, they're like you said, dirty areas. They're uh, screening goalies and um, two straight games with a with a power play goal. So that's that's another hundred percent. So great to see. So Florida at Philadelphia before they come home and the the first stretch of the season as far as the contending teams that part is out of the way. And now the Florida Panthers can just continue to ride this momentum swing and. I'm excited, man. Do uh, you have any final thoughts uh, before we close out the show? Yes. Uh, number one, don't let Philadelphia and Phoenix um, be trap games just because they <laughs> of the way they are uh, either on paper or the way they are in the stands. Don't let that dictate how the game is going to go. Uh, play your game. And then uh, secondly, can we please get a Lundell for Calder tag going um i've been pumping this since last year and you know that and thank you for the shout out on twitter about that we need to get yeah. that going now um mm-hmm. the, the kid is amazing he's just doing everything and uh i i'm gonna say this um he looks better than barkoff did in his first season uh, i'll let that I don't disagree. so that's my final yeah I don't that's dis- my final thoughts but i'll let people think on that one and <laughs> when whenever you guys, the listener, listen to this and go about your day. Just ruminate in that question. It doesn't have, you don't have to argue it. You don't have to agree or disagree about it. Just think about it. Just, is it, is it not? And just, just think about it. And yeah, uh, Barkov did get (laughs) off to a slow start in his career, which is why he didn't get, uh, paid as much as he would have uh or when he signed his original extension when he became an rfa so that had a lot to do with it so yeah um anton lundell when he becomes an rfa whew, who knows what that could look like lundell for calder baby <laughs> lundell for calder maybe we'll uh uh name that for another episode but i have to put this one as dad bob but thank you so much nick for coming on this episode of the locked on florida panthers podcast so Plug your stuff. Uh, tell people where they can find you on the internet. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Prudentia Zero. Uh, and then also uh, I am a writer for Panther Parkway. Hopefully we'll have an article out here in the next week or two so that you guys can tune in. And uh, Armando, thank you again for having me on. Uh, enjoy every time. Absolutely, man. And you're welcome anytime on the show. So thank you once again, man. Thank you. And if you like what you're hearing, Please subscribe to the podcast so you be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to the Locked On NHL podcast and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, where they'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. 
And when you're done listening to this episode of Locked On Panthers, make sure you listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Collin leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Ramon Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Oh,